Ants, popping with ladies, germs, fish, non-fish, amphibians, mammals, and humans. How are we doing today? It is November 3rd, Thursday, 7.39. My name is Andrew White, and you are listening to QU Hot Takes. I'm alongside the Jelly Fam, Justin Ellis, the slickest of slats, K-slats, Kevin Slattery, and the Marshman, Andrew Marshall. Regular panel crew today, regular QU Hot Takes, regular but extraordinary. Marshall seemingly has a new microphone. Is this a Hypercast X? Is this what it looks like or what? It, it sure is a Hypercast. <laughs> um, thankful for Whitey because I, I, I've watched the mic on the video of his for, for many times and I, I had to go get myself one. So we finally figured out how to plug it in and stuff. But uh, life is good. How about the rest of you guys? I'm Dandy. I'm Dandy. Kevin, how are you? Answer the Marshmallow blue shirt today again. Rocket. Yeah, it's it's a back-to-back World War Champs t-shirt. I love that Paul shirt. Digo. It's got got the got the belt on. So I saw that shirt online and I'm like, I just have to have it. This is the most American shirt ever. Um no, do, doing well, man. Slept well this week or sleeping well this week. Work isn't getting me too much. Uh I still have a job, so that's good. Oh. But uh yeah, so right now it's pretty solid overall. Here it should be the the weekly podcast in which we we don't take this the wrong way, but just to see, is it, you know, yes or no? Does Kevin have a job? And I think, uh, what's the over under on Kev saying yes to having a job? Uh, we should make bets at the end of each show, just like we do for football. <laughs> yeah, plus, plus minus Kev having his job next week. Uh, in all seriousness, Kevin, that's very exciting. Uh, I'm happy for you. Um, Justin, the Philly man living in bliss lately, except for, I, I imagine, last night, but pretty cool on the Astros. But still, to be a Philly fan in today's world, how how you feeling right now? We're, we're a part of history right now. You know, we got history last night, so we'll be in the record books forever for something. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, other than that, I mean, Philadelphia Union is in the championship right now. Uh, Eagles game tonight, Phillies game five tonight uh hardens hurt so that's probably a good thing ultimately um <laughs> and the flyers have not been absolute dog um so overall it's been really good i do have to ask though why that mic what's so good about that mic that i need to know about are you asking me or marshall either one of you i'm curious uh, i could give an opinion first so this one's actually uh, not the same one, but I have that one in red. I don't. It's not as colorful as his, which is more fun. Um, but I think it is the uh, the best mic you can get for your values. So it's just got like a whole bunch of great ratings and stuff like that. But it's not some like crazy. Correct me if I'm wrong, Marshall. But it wasn't like 300, 200. I don't even think it's two hundred bucks. Um, so I, I think it's one of those great. You know, especially with using Adobe Audition, like you can make yourself sound really, really good. But it's kind of. I'd say still on like the basic end of advanced microphones, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Makes so. sense. I'm, I'm, I, I'm willing to hear Mike opinions right now. I'm probably getting blue Yetis for my esports facility, but. Oh, well, those are good. Uh, yeah. I, those are that's, good. What, that's what I usually go with, but I was always open to new options or, you know, maybe if they're listening to the show, maybe a sponsorship ad. Uh, so <laughs> <Right on>. <laughs> I also, I always, I always like the, the mics that keep, uh, deep bass and low level volumes, like normal, if that makes sense. And it doesn't like reverb at lower voices. Cause I think it's better for podcast work. Um, anyway, we're done nerding out. Now let's go to the sports side of nerdism. Um, the college football playoffs rankings, I should say, uh, have come out. That was this week, a couple of days ago, and they are as such. Number one is Tennessee. 
Number two is Ohio State. Number three is Georgia. Four, Clemson. Five, Michigan. Six, Alabama. With TCU and Oregon looking in on the looking inside. Uh, we will talk about our opinions now. I will point out, and this is part of my point, I I find it a little interesting, the difference. Oh, Justin, tell us what happened. Now I'm curious. He's uh, freaking out. Kyrie Irving was just suspended by the Nets indefinitely. Whoa. Oh. Uh, for his, for his like, anti stuff he said. Remarks. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, just reported by a watch uh, 35 seconds ago. Um, you know, I find it, first of all, actually, I respect that. Second of all, I find it interesting that the we talked about this in the chat, and I'm not going to get into it, but the uh, notion that the Nets fired Steve Nash and then decided that they were going to bring on Ime Udoka to the team, uh, that's already one of the most hated teams publicly. Uh, it just seems to be interesting moves they're making here. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, they're gonna have to sell that team just like the Commanders are gonna get sold. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, carry carry on. Uh, that's your uh, breaking news for the evening to top off the podcast. Uh, Kyrie probably deserves that. I'm surprised he lasted this long without getting suspended. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's fair. Okay, so college football playoffs. I I need to say this. I'm a little confused as to why the AP poll is. I'm not gonna say drastically different, but it's definitely different from the college football playoff rankings, which I understand why there's always criteria and such, but uh, Georgia was one for the regular rankings and then tied, which is interesting, was Tennessee and Ohio State. Now things are very reversed. Tennessee's at one, Ohio State two, Georgia three. Uh, my initial thoughts here, I think Ohio State should be one, period, across the board. Uh, that That is a non-biased, objective review that I personally have. Uh, Ohio State should be one. Um, I do believe currently... Tennessee should be two, Georgia at three, and Michigan at four. Clemson looking in at five. Bama at six seems regular. Uh, those are my current opinions right now. I just think Ohio State top to bottom has beaten teams that they were supposed to as well as they were supposed to. There's only really one game, I think, the beginning of the season. They had a little bit of a hiccup, but they figured it out. They're looking fantastic. Tennessee's beaten some good teams, uh, but you know they tend to allow a lot of points as well. They've had close games against Florida, too. Uh, and other teams and Georgia. I mean, you guys know you've watched because I'm a psycho too. They've had close games too. You know, I, I wouldn't say they, no, they actually almost lost to Missouri. I will say it. they almost lost to Missouri. They've had a couple other uh, games in the beginning that they look terrible. So uh, the Georgia Tennessee game this weekend will obviously be a deciding factor on who will be the number one team in the country. Cause whoever wins that should definitely surpass Ohio state after this weekend. Uh, that is my opinion right now. And Kevin, we'll go to you next. Yeah. I mean, I would say the biggest takeaway for me is from the polls, no one really knows who the best team in the country is. Like people think they have an idea of who the best country, best team in the country is. But right now, Ohio State, Georgia, Tennessee, people are so used to putting Bama at number one that I think people just literally have, have no idea now. Like, and, and that's fair. Like we haven't seen all the teams play each other. The interesting thing for me is, what will the committee value as we come down the stretch? Because right now we have teams that are eventually going to play each other, Georgia, Tennessee, then we're going to have the playoff happen, but we're also going to have Ohio state play Michigan. Right. Those teams right now are in the AP top four, but Clemson's in at five and Clemson has a very real chance to go undefeated the rest of the year. They play a bad Notre Dame team, a disappointing Miami team. And then I think Louisville down the stretch or something like that. If they go undefeated and then some of these other teams get battered, 
does Clemson have a road to being in the college football playoff? They play in a conference that they're probably going to win handedly. It is technically still one of the power five, but do you value them over say a Michigan that could lose their final game of the season? Do you value them over a Tennessee team that even though they beat Bama, maybe they don't beat Georgia or say that maybe Georgia beats Tennessee, but then they lose the championship game to Bama. Right. I mean, how do you evaluate that versus the SEC teams versus a Clemson team that very in all likelihood is probably going to be undefeated. So this is partly why I think they're expanding the playoff is because every year it always comes down to conjecture and subjectivity who gets in a lot of years versus just, Hey, these are the standings. Here's your eight. They're in. So I'm going to see who the, I'm interested to see what the committee does because it's become very political since it's happened. And Marshall. Yeah. So in terms of top four teams, I, I think this is the first year where teams aren't bulletproof. Um, you know, yeah. I've got Georgia at one, I've got Ohio state at two, I've got Tennessee at three and I've got Bama at four. And the reason why, you know, I think Georgia is likely to move from that spot potentially. Um, I think their offense, you know, they bring back Bennett. Um, you know, they've got a lot of playmakers, obviously the line, we know all about that stuff. Um, I think against Florida, I think if Richardson checked the ball down, like there are more holes with this defense than previous years. Um, you know, last year, obviously with the linebacker play, you just, you're rolling out a bunch of freaks and you still have Carter, but you just the volume of players. It's, it still is staggering how good they are, but they're not dominant, suffocating, overwhelming. You know, some of the moments that Georgia had last year was, it was truly an amazing defense with unique body types. Yeah. There, there are holes in this defense where you can exploit them. And I'm not saying most teams they play aren't going to be able to, but some will. Um, Tennessee at two. I don't know if they're the second best team, but their tape is really, really good. Um, in order to beat a Bama team, you have to like throw. I've heard defensive coordinators I've talked to before. They say you have to throw the ball, the long ball to the number one outside receiver against match quarters. And the reason you have to do that is because that is the longest throw defensive coordinators do not want you to make that throw because it's a low probability. It's a low probability throw. So they essentially give you a one-on-one matchup a lot of times with how they allocate coverage to that player. Well, guess what? Tennessee was able to do that. And when you do that, you break the defense. That's why Tennessee was able to, you know, I mean, just absolutely annihilate this Bama defense, which we have to go back to. This is the first Bama team in their modern construction since they realized that, okay, scoring's up over a touchdown a game, you know, from the previous iterations with the Derrick Henry teams and the early 2010 teams. This is the first team in their modern construction where they have real pass pro issues, assignment and talent wise with their offensive line. Um, The Gibbs kid is he's ETN like with a little less power. He's a valuable player in college, Um, but their receivers since 2020 aren't what they used to be. Jamison Williams covered that up last year. I selfishly put them here because of Bryce Young, um, because that tape that he had against Tennessee, I get I'm so much respect to Bryce. I mean, he's he's they're running mesh sit wheel and he's hitting like the wheel route. Like, and I don't know if this is like purposeful or not, or how much intentionality. I'm not going to over presume that with quarterbacks, but he's throwing accurately like the wheel route away from the progression. So a far route to the wheel route, like he's somehow able to just process and throw the ball to the outside where it's less risky. Um, I'm not explaining it like perfectly, but there are just time and again where Bryce Young, he's so tough. He's so smart. He's so decisive. 
this Bama team has real problems, but I'm still putting them at four because if you have these types of problems, this is maybe the one quarterback who can overcome them. Justin. Yeah. Um, screw Tennessee, honestly. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. They're my seven. Oh, I don't have them anywhere whoa. close. We There is so much credit given to a team that, yes, beat Alabama. But Bryce Young wasn't there. Come on. Yeah, Tennessee can have their heyday. Their fans can have what they want. I completely respect that. I would be the exact same way. But from a completely outsider standpoint, it's not a good enough win to me. It just isn't. If they go out there and beat Bama, I mean, beat UGA this weekend, they're number one. Sure, give it to them. But until they do that this weekend, they're not They're not in my top six. Um, Ohio State, by far and away, number one team in the league right now, in my opinion. Um, you know, Marshall, Marshall and Kev, you know, they're right. There, there's some non-bulletproof teams out there this season. Ohio State, though, year after year, just doesn't do bad in the regular season. They just always look perfect. Um, they're going to go into Michigan. They're probably going to beat Michigan by 20. It just is how good Ohio State is. Um, far and away, number one. Number two, UGA. Obviously, I've shown flaws, but overall, just a great, well-constructed team. Um, they look like a team that wants to fight for a national championship. Um, number three, Bama. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I'm not saying kind of Bryce Young boat that Marshall's in. Um, dude's a beast. Um, if the dude was healthy his entire season, probably would be a Heisman winner again. Uh, Bryce Young is just that good. Um, and, you know, maybe that's in part to the Alabama, you know, offense as a whole. But, you know, the, the Alabama team is just good and well-constructed. Um, I solely, you know, expect UGA to beat Tennessee this week and Alabama to beat UGA in the SEC championship. That's 100% what I think is going to happen. Um, so I agree with Marshall's sentiment there. I um, mean, Kev, I know mentioned that as well. Um, and then fourth spot, ah, I'm fighting here. I have Michigan here, actually. I, you know, their sole loss is going to be to Ohio State, and they're going to be a huge bubble because of the fact that they're not going to get to play in a Big Ten championship losing to Ohio State, um, which is the same issue that happens every single year. <laughs> um, but, you know, they've looked really good. It's hard to argue with that. Um, Clemson has actually a couple good wins this season, but I still don't feel like they have a good resume as Michigan. Um, and honestly, I also have Oregon at five right now. I've talked about Oregon a lot. I mean, only lost week one to UGA in a week one match where you know that teams are going to struggle to find their offense and find their identity in their first week. I, I think Oregon's getting robbed being at number eight um, for that loss. Um, but, you know, as for low as Oregon is, um, someone please help LSU and its fans because they are going to fall off a cliff. Um, being ranked the whole way at number 10 the CFP um, that team is in for a blow out of their mind when Bryce Young comes into Louisiana this weekend um, that, if the LSU wins though holy SEC um, but right now that's a tough tough uh, tough high rank for LSU for what's about to happen to them doesn't that feel like a ranking system that wanted this weekend's game slate to look way cooler uh, outside of the, the Georgia Tennessee game, I feel like there's a little bit of let's let's have this be like one of the coolest weekends in a while. Um, yeah, it was weird that I, I totally expected it to be the same way that AP poll was, where it was UGA and Tennessee the one twos playing each other, and then Ohio State and Michigan setting up for a three four matchup. 
Um, it was weird that that wasn't what happened because I feel like they would have played to that. It, it feels like CFP always plays to that. It just didn't come out that way. Uh, to George's benefit, I'm actually very happy they're not number one because maybe they'll play a little bit more angry. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, it, if it helps you out, I, I think I can already predict the ESPN segments that are going to happen with the college football playoff. <laughs> Clemson's going to like narrowly miss. Dabo's going to have a press conference being like, the committee's wrong. The committee's political. I'm going to call out these ESPN people who I think are hacks. And then ESPN's going to have like a roundtable segment. What did the committee get wrong there? It's a, it's a committee right this year. And then like, we'll have another discussion about like what the committee should or shouldn't be. That's what yeah, happens. Every 12 year team playoff, baby. Bring me the 12 team playoff. Let's go. <laughs> it, it's like the government almost shutting down every four years. It's like, it's, it's bound to happen. So it's, it's just, it's just what ESPN does. Can you believe the MLB was shut down for a few weeks at the end of the season? That feels like forever ago. I keep forgetting it actually happened this year. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, a, it was a long time ago, though. Um, all right. Well, we'll see what happens next week. I'm sure we'll talk about it again after a couple of crazy big games this weekend. Okay. Two NBA things followed by the NFL trade deadline and predictions to round out the show if you want some uh, agenda for the rest of the show. Okay. The Lakers. <laughs> Our question of the day is the Lakers, because that is a question. What are they? Who are they? And why are they? Why are they the Lakers? Why are they a basketball team? Why does LeBron James play for this basketball team? And why does he cast blame when he shoots 0 for 7 and almost blows a 16-point lead from 3? That's what I have to say. Um, I'm not going to go into detail, and I'm sorry, Marshall. This team sucks. As Charles Barkley says, the Lakers suck. They're just so bad. And the fact that they took a random kid from Stanford who's lights out from three and made a fadeaway corner three jumper from the inbounds to win that game, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but that's what happened. So congrats to the Lakers. They finally won something. I, I imagine they will find a way into the play-in tournament and nothing will come of it. Uh Anthony Davis just doesn't have the drive to play basketball that well anymore. He plays well when he's actually playing, but you can see that he's like walking on the court. He'll casually drop 24 and you kind of, you're looking at him and you're like, bro, if you're remotely put in some effort, you're dropping 30 to 35 a game. What are you doing? Um, it's a problematic team. The West is pretty good. I, I think they're screwed. So that's my take. I'm not going to go any further. Kevin. I will say like some things that have happened the last couple of games with the Lakers, like they've had Russ coming off the bench and Russ has been effective in that role. And I think Darvin Ham's been trying to find combos that are working with the lineup to that can help mitigate some of the problems. That being said, this is complete roster construction. The, this, this has nothing to do. This has nothing to do with, Dar with Darwin Ham being a head, bad head coach. It has nothing to do with Frank Vogel being allegedly bad. It has nothing to do with Russell Westbrook. This team, as of now, is constructed poorly. It's filled with guys who are either one-dimensional or too young and not fully developed as basketball players yet at the NBA level. And you're asking LeBron, 37 going on 38, to basically carry heavy minutes. And Anthony Davis has not looked like the force that he was four years ago. Um, Davis shoots a lot of outside shots and Davis is like a career 29% three point shooter. Um, he doesn't really body people up anymore. Like he used to. And honestly, 
the Lakers have too much pride to do this, but they should consider trades for LeBron and Anthony Davis. And LeBron, the complication is LeBron doesn't really want to live LA. He wants to be a mogul. That's part of the reason why he went to LA. But I think they should call up the Clippers. I really do. And say, look, we'll, you want a big three. We'll give you three of the best, arguably small forwards in the game. They're aging, but three of the best. And you give us draft capital. And the Clippers are in a desperate spot too, because if they don't win with this core, they gave a lot up. So I think that's the one solution. I said it last year, but they're so convinced on their pride of having great players and having them retire with the Laker brand that I just don't think they let that go. They, they showed Shaq got traded. So maybe I stand corrected, but I just think they have to swallow their pride and blow up the team, but I don't think they're willing to do that. Marshall. Yeah. Watching the, the end of that game last night, we Lakers shouldn't have won. Um, you know, Pelicans, you know, misplayed some, some advantages, you know, I don't, I don't know what the exact numbers were, but they, Anthony Davis's numbers were also better than they were outcome wise. Um, and that's, that's kind of really what we have to address here. We can talk about the roster construction and everything. Um, also shout out Matt Ryan, who in his day job <laughs> is also an NBA player. Matt Ryan can hoop, but he can also hoop in the NBA when he gets benched. Um, Anthony Davis is, he thinks he's a guard because he was a guard. He was a 6'2 guard who was like getting mid-major offers and then had a random growth spurt uh, towards the end of high school to where he grew to be 6'10. Yes. He created this unique unicorn. He is 6'10. He can really dribble. He's got a handle. He's got skills. And he was one of the greatest college shot blockers and defensive players in, in, in not just Kentucky history, college history period. Yes. Um, I argued, I always thought if I argued for Anthony Davis and Kawhi, because you don't know these guys, guys who play hard on defense or did play hard on defense and were developing and had signs of those offensive games that the offensive side could come. But the reality is you don't know who these people are, especially in the NBA. I don't think in basketball or I don't think in football, I don't really even think in baseball, it that aspect matters as much. But at the NBA, no, at, no one at all. NBA players are above quarterbacks in terms of how they impact the league. We saw it with Russell Wilson. Like, you know, regardless of what you think about Russ, moving quarterbacks to, from one team to the other, there's always a complication about it in football. It doesn't work in terms of swinging the league where it creates this, like, you know, no one is above the team. Yeah, there are players in football who are extremely valuable. But if LeBron trained, you know, if if, if the AD trade, if LeBron changed teams, like it changes the entire league power dynamics unlike anything else and so these guys know how powerful they are and so it's an ego-driven sport like i've said this before and again and again davis it's really sad for me to see as like a supporter of him because i don't see him play with that fire that we see from Giannis. and i view them as like historically somewhat similarly talented players but one guy's body hasn't really responded to him and i don't think he's responded exactly you know like Kevin, Justin, you know, White, like I, I know that you guys can kind of chime in on this too, but it's just, it's just sad to see for me, you know, even the production that you see last night, like it's okay, man. But for who he is, like this guy's a freak, like historically speaking in human history. And yes, we have a title, but you know, we should be able to produce 
more than like what he's getting outside of the roster construction issues. Yes. Yeah, I think it's just too early. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, Lakers team probably is going to be a well, like you said, Andrew, play-in team. Uh, I think they're going to be a high-end play-in team. Honestly, they're probably going to make some type of move around the deadline that puts them on track. Uh, probably bringing in Kyrie um, at this point. Um, by the way, uh, it is a minimum of five game suspension. Um, apparently, the reason was that he did not um, admit that he would that he made anti-Semitist remarks and apo- did not properly apologize for them, according to the Nets. Um, so they said until Kyrie does um, remedial service um, to do to fix the harm he's done, um, he's out a minimum of five games. They said. Um, yes. I'm guessing Kyrie's going to ask for a trade. Uh, <laughs> so you know, honestly, Kyrie could still end up on the Lakers. Lakers will probably just be fine ultimately. Um, I'm not too concerned at this point about what they're producing. It's an early on season. Lots of old players, players with injuries, stuff like that. So, you know, we could say the same about Tom Brady at this point. Um, there, But at this point, these gazelles are looking more like elephants at this point. I like I like that. <laughs> Is Kyrie in the league next year, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. He'll always be in the league as long as he wants to play. One thing, though, about the Lakers, too, just before we go quick, like, I do think LeBron's the best teams that he's played on. The big men have always kind of become outside shooters. Chris Bosh, when he got to Miami, he became more of an outside shooter. Kevin Love became more of an outside shooter with the Cavs. But the team right now, even that 2018 team that people feel like shouldn't have gone in the finals, that was a team constructed where LeBron had all these guys who could shoot threes around him. He just drove into the paint and he had no one clogging it. And I just think like there's no way out for them to get that lineup, even if it is kind of top heavy and LeBron dependent. So I, I just feel like you have to trade him at this point. Also, too, do you really want to depend on LeBron at 38 to be logging heavy minutes for you? Yeah, he was sick the other day. So we'll see if he continues to be sick. He he, he played 40 minutes when he said he was sick after the game. He, he, could be great. To, he, he was trying to have his flu moment seven games into a regular season. I think he could be great in a diverse lineup where it's like he could play like as a big point guard for certain sections of a game based off of who's guarding him. And then you could put him down low almost as like a Charles Barkley life. Like I think he could have a great second half of his career where it's just like he's not having to do everything. Ben Simmons. LeBron will be Ben Simmons. I like okay. it. He could I don't think so. Ben Simmons literally airballed a layup the other day. <laughs> no, no, sarcasm, sarcasm. Uh, we're moving <laughs> on. The uh, the Bucks are undefeated, the only team in the NBA. When will they lose next? Or how long will they remain undefeated? I'm going to throw this out there. Laugh at me, I don't care. They're on a four-game win streak. They will lose to the Thunder first. But it will not be the first time they play the Thunder. It'll be the second time because they play the Thunder uh, two games from now and then four games from now on November 9th. And the second one will be in OKC, and they will lose that game. SGA will drop 35. Nobody else will play that well, but they'll uh, they'll win the game. There you go. But the Bucs are a solid team. I know it's early. It'll feel that way. It, it's early in the NBA until you're 50 games into the season. 5-0. That, that is how long it's early in the NBA. But can't lie, team looks pretty freaking good. Uh, but we kind of already assumed that. Uh, okay, Marshall. 
I think they lose November 7th at Atlanta. Probably a BS game. And I think it's just like, you know, probabilities, like at some point it does happen. So basically one game before that you think it will happen. Um, this is an awesome team, man. And it's just like everything that we, we just talked about in terms of like our opinions on Kyrie and the Lakers and, and whatnot. Giannis is pretty much the opposite of all of that um, from our understanding. So it's just very cool to see him. I don't know. He plays like a, he plays like, like a 2K created player. He's he like, doesn't lose his like RT stamina button. Uh, Kevin. I'm actually going to say tomorrow. I'm going to say against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, actually, I will say this because I think the Timberwolves actually have a lineup that could go at Milwaukee a little bit. I think the twin lineup of Gobert and then Carl Anthony Towns, a lot of teams don't have size that they can throw at Milwaukee. Yes, Milwaukee is a great three-point shooting team, and yeah, they have good guard play and Giannis, but the size of Milwaukee, like, even a team like Philly with Embiid, like, I don't know how many rosters can just have, like, all those bodies that they have, which is, like, Lopez, Giannis, Ibaka, Portis. I mean, they have guys who could just bang down low. I think they have a lineup, Minnesota, that could disrupt some of their easy shots at the rim. And then I think it's a game. Like, Minnesota's 500 right now, but I think as of right now, there's a good chance they're a playoff team, and I think they're going to be competitive in this Western Conference. Like, Minnesota, they have a good young core that's probably going to be competitive for some time. And if there's one team that I think could beat Milwaukee, I think it's a team that needs to have size. And I think the Timberwolves have that right now in spades with Gobert and Towns. Justin. Yeah, I like Kev's take. I, I think tomorrow could be the day. Um, if I want to give a hot take, though, if the Bucks beat the Timberwolves tomorrow, they will go 20-0 and 0 and then lose their first game to the Lakers in Milwaukee on December 1st. Wow. <laughs> that is what I'm going to go with, is that if they don't lose tomorrow, they won't lose till the first game in December. Good for you, and I respect it, and we'll... <laughs> Just talking about it after that conversation about the Lakers, it sounds like you're trolling, but that's why you called it an odd take. So uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. Okay. NFL trades. A few happen. Not nearly as many as we maybe had hoped for, but some happen, some with value, some not. I don't know. I thought it'd be a little bit spicier. Vikings are went a little bit nuts, but let's talk right now. This one, Bradley Chubb and the Dolphins. So, the Dolphins received Bradley Chubb, 2025 fifth-round pick, and the Broncos received uh, next year's first-round pick from Miami, that was via San Francisco's, and a 2024 uh, fourth-round pick. Um, what do you think here? We like it. By the way, uh, Bradley Chubb also just signed a five-year deal uh, with the Dolphins already. I like it. Dolphins are helping out their defense. It's, uh, they're, they're, they're a team that's trying to win it all straight up. I'm just going to say they are trying to win the Super Bowl uh, faster than many have thought previously. And maybe you will continue to think they're, they're in on Tua now. I mean, he's looking pretty good. Their wide receivers are on the team. I mean, Tyreek, he knows how much they gave up to get him. You know, th- this team wants to be there. And I think they think they have all the tools uh, to beat down on everybody, uh, even their own division. Uh, I truly feel that way. And that's what this move signifies. I think it's a good move. I don't know how much it moves the needle, uh, but I think it would give them an extra, like, you know, half of a win in terms of like 
statistics or whatever moving forward. But uh, yeah, it's good enough. I don't think they gave up too much either. Uh, Marshall. It's a rare win-win for both sides. Um, you know, the Broncos have really good rushers outside of Chubb and Gregory and, you know, Cooper and uh, Baring Browning is really coming on as of late. DJ Jones is a monster in the middle. Um, this move really actually doesn't hurt their defense that much based on how they're constructed. They got, you know, Sertain, Caden Stearns, Justin Simmons on the back end, good nickel play. Outside of that, the Broncos defense has proven that they survive without Chubb. And they've done this, you know, with the Fangio defense and post Fangio. So I, I, I have a ton of respect for that unit. Um, great getting a round one pickback, given how their season's gone. That's either going to go to an O lineman or a quarterback. Um, just given, you know, most likely. Chubb for Miami, I think he's really important because they have the big, talented edge bender player in in Jalen Phillips. They have a strong interior player in uh, Christian Wilkins, but. I've heard people talk about, okay, you know, Chubb is a 13 point, whatever percent pass rush win rate per ESPN. Um, you know, watching some of the tape, like that, that's affected, I think a lot by some of the stunts that aren't really hitting home that they're having him run. You know, he's, he's getting caught in the wash and some of those stunting games that they're running up front. Also, he's, I think he's a player who kind of outperforms this data because he is in a lot of ways, like a worse version of Khalil Mack. Um, he pushes pockets. He's got a power rush. He can also rush on the outside. Um, but even when he doesn't win, and he's got the sack production, the TFLs and all that stuff we could go over. But even when he doesn't win, he adds value to a defensive line. And what I mean by that is he suffocates and condenses a lot of the space that you have to work with. And that usually benefits other rushers. Um, so I think that he's going to really benefit Phillips a lot. I think, you know, Christian Wilkins, necess- you know, and I think the biggest thing that, Chubb's value is he's he's a predictable player and he has value in being predictable in in the sense that you know what you're going to get from him if he's on the field and you know while the highs might not be Miles Garrett he still is a player who you know he's worth paying yes they gave up around one pick but this team realistically could have an outside chance at winning the Super Bowl because their two receivers are that good if two is playing this well and this is a unit that like how do you get down so much to the, you know, to the Detroit Lions? It's like, well, the rush, you know, one of the reasons is the rush isn't getting there. Um, so I think this is definitely going to help out their back end. And again, he's an, he's a player who outperforms some of this data um, that I think people have kind of thrown at him to, to kind of bring him down a notch. I think he's a really good player and a really good fit outside of that. Justin. Yeah, I agree with Marsh. It's a win-win trade. Um, very straightforward trade. Um, Broncos got their capital back. Um, I think the interesting note here um, that I think a lot of people don't remember is that the Dolphins have now no first rounder because they lost their, their first rounder due to um, their illegal uh, doings. Um, so <laughs> to be fair, they were talking to another human being too early of a deadline. Yeah. Uh, we don't want it to. Not, we not don't want to sound like you know. Was... Hey, Kyrie didn't lose a draft pick, but the Dolphins did. What the what the heck's going on with that, right? <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, and I was like, What's up with that? All right, sorry, <laughs> yeah, e- even trade. I like it for both sides. Dolphins are probably the top wild card team at the end of the day, Kev. Yeah, I co sign everything. It's it's a great win for Miami because they have great corner play, but the question is, like, hey, how's their pass rush going to become playoff time? Can they create chaos? Football is a game about making your quarterback as comfortable as possible while making the other quarterback as uncomfortable as possible. So I think it's a win 
for Miami overall. Um, you know, losing a first round pick hurts, but I like that they're being decisive. So much of the franchise, I feel like most of my life has been not decisive. So there, there have been moves that people like people didn't know how Mike McDaniel was going to be as head coach. He's been very good so far. And like, you would have thought that that wouldn't have been maybe as good, like considering like that they got rid of Brian Flores who won seven straight games, but it's worked out pretty well so far. So it's like to a healthy too, considering everything that happened. So keep on rolling the dice on these draft picks because right now I think they're in it to win it. They've been showing since the Tyreek trade, they're in it to win it. TJ Hawkinson, tight end for Detroit, one of their leading receivers, first round pick as well in 2016, I believe. Uh, he was traded to the Vikings for Kirk and the boys, Kirk and the Jet. Um, it was him, next year's fourth round pick, and a uh, 2024 fourth round pick were all given to the Vikings via the Lions. And the Vikings gave away their next year's second round pick, as well as a third round pick from 2024. So in terms of like pick value, uh, it's pretty interesting uh, that it's, it's a little similar in how much each team gave up. Uh, I figured out, I'm imagining the reason why, uh, the Vikings didn't necessarily have to give up too much uh, in return. It's just because in two years, I know next year he's getting paid $9 million for the end of his contract, uh, for his, uh, I guess, end of his rookie contract, I guess, and then he's going to be free agent. So, you know, they might have to think about actually paying a guy like that who could be argued as, you know, potentially the fifth best tight end in football. So um, I'm sure they're going to have to deal with that. But a good guy, great value, helps Kirk a lot. I mean, let's, uh, let's Jefferson spread the, spread the field a little bit more on his own. So... I like it for the Vikings, another team who's trying to show right now that they can win the bowl as well, or at least they believe they can win the bowl. So uh, I'm always I'm always intrigued by teams that are shooting for firepower uh, to to receive the ball. Um, we'll go with Justin first. Yeah, well, might be shooting for gold, but there's one team that's beat them, and it's Philly. Uh, but <laughs> uh, regardless of that, um, I think it's a semi-even trade. Um, I don't like that what all the Lions did was really move up both their picks, like 40 picks. Um, so really, they were just giving themselves some underlying round and a half value here um, for a guy that they invested the top 10 pick on. Um, I agree with you, Andrew. Guy was probably going to walk in two years. Detroit probably isn't always going to be as bad as they are. Uh, I just had a moment, Schwarber, deep right ball to right field, home run. Off the side of my screen. Um, nice, kind nice. Of, kind of a Castellanos moment out of Schwarber there. Um, but regardless, um, yeah, overall, like, I think it's a mostly even trade. I, I don't know how well Kirk Cousins is going to utilize um, Hawkinson. Um, he hasn't used Irv Smith really well since com- or any tight end since coming to Minnesota. Same with Kyle Rudolph. But we saw when he played for Washington – him and Jordan Reed were a killer duo for a long time. Yes. Um, so maybe Hawkinson's a good enough tight end to reunite that reignite that power. Um, who knows? Um, but there's a lot of mouths to feed. And is Kirk Cousins really going to spread the ball around that much? Probably not. Kevin. Jordan Reed was a guy who every time I watched him, I'd be like, holy shit, this guy looks like he's going to be like a top five tight end talent. And like, I picked him up a couple years to, or two in fantasy, but I think just it was concussion problems. I think like that he just had like repetitive issues with, but um, no, but he, he was good whenever I saw him play. But like um, if we're going just the value of the trade, 
agree pretty much. It's pretty even. Um, Hawkinson, like if they were going to draft him 10 overall, it, it stings that they're trading him, what Justin just said. I, I will say, though, like with the new regime, maybe it's a difference of like, hey, he's not really our guy. We're, you know, we're going to trade him, see what value we can get. So the good news is Detroit has a lot of picks. And even though the roster and the team has been bad this year, they're still in play for Bryce Young. And if you're in play for Bryce Young, it's still a winning season, in my opinion, at this point. So Minnesota, it, it depends like what they're going to do overall. Kirk hasn't utilized tight ends that great besides Jordan Reed. Um, but he really needs to be, I think, the second option at this point, just because Thielen hasn't been as dominant in the past this year so i think you know they really need a a strong number two option and i think you're hoping that hawkinson is as like kind of like a possession receiver can just come in do slants check the ball down that's what you're hoping for because you can't just heave to justin jefferson every time all righty and i know marshall is uh figuring out his wi-fi so we're going to move on to the next question uh naheem hines to the bills uh this was the uh, the Bills receive Neem Hines, the Colts receive Zach Moss, and a 2023 conditional sixth-round pick. Frankly, if I'm Zach Moss, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> you, you just you just traded a, an RB for me and a sixth-rounder. You think I stink. Um, well, unfortunately, that yes, they think you're worse than Neem Hines. Uh, sorry. But uh, we'll see. And, and now he has to go to the sorry uh, Indianapolis Colts as well. So t- tough for him, but... Um, at least he's still getting paid a lot of money, so he'll figure it out. Uh, Naheem Hines to the Bills doesn't move the needle much, in my opinion, at all, outside of the fact that Josh Allen said, holy crap, that guy's fast. I'm really excited. Uh, so good for him. Good luck. Bills are still really good. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, Justin? I kind of think the opposite of this trade from what you think, Andrew. Huh. I, I think it showed that the Colts value Zach Moss a lot more than I think they we think they do. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. I think Naheem Hines is a starting running back on a lot of teams in this league right now. Um, I think Naheem Hines is a fantastic, basically older age Travis Etienne, in my opinion. Um, the dude's that good of a pass catcher. He's that good of a rusher. Um, we've seen it before throughout his career. He's always kind of held like this backup role. And he's now found himself on a pass-heavy offense where he can really thrive as a assist running back. And a lot of people are out here being like, oh, Singletary's, you know, going to do most of the rushing. Naheem Hines is a check down back. Josh Allen's not going to check down the ball. I think you're going to be very surprised. I think that Naheem Hines is going to add a new layer to this offense and new opportunities for this offense to push some of their plays to the next level and allow more opportunities. Um, with that being said, Josh Allen and the Bills get to face the Jets this weekend. Naheem Hines will have 10 catches in his debut. Um, there is going to be check downs. He's going to run he's going to run a slot wide receiver route. Um, he's gonna be doing a bit of everything, I think, and trying to find uh where he's gonna work best in this offense. Um, and I think the dude is going to be a huge gain for the Bills. Um, I think they I think the Colts wanted Zach Moss um, as a backup instead because they know Hines would walk and go get a starting job. Um, so they're at least getting value out of it. But, you know, I, I think Zach Moss is worth a lot more than people think because I think the Colts would have asked for a lot more otherwise if they weren't high on Zach Moss. Kevin? Sometimes we don't believe it until we see it. 
like the idea that Josh Allen wouldn't want a pass catching running back. Like, well, we've never seen him really have one. So it's, it's, it's a situation where I think it just makes total sense. Josh Allen year in and year out, he's gotten better and better in his decision-making. When you saw him in that playoff game against the Texans, he's trying to throw the ball deep every time he's throwing into double coverage. He's throwing across his body. Even though he's still heaving the ball down the field, you're seeing measured responses this year from Josh Allen in terms of, Hey, if it's not there, I'm checking down five yards. Gabriel Davis isn't open. Okay. I'm just Stefan Diggs over the middle. Like, so much of Buffalo too, like the, the one thing that I've said about them is I think they, they're a Super Bowl team, but their their running game hasn't been elite this year. But, but the way you mitigate that is I think with the pass catching running back who, again, he catches the ball two, three yards in front of the line. You take it 15, 20 yards potentially. Naheem Hines is that guy. And overall, I think it's just a win for Buffalo. Like they don't need a top three or top four running back to win the conference. I think you actually, if you're even looking at just fantasy, there's very few elite elite running backs right now in the league, but it's still a win. I think for, for Buffalo and they're probably the favorite in the AFC right now. They just got a little bit better than everybody else. Okay. Now we will do uh, two wide receiver trades. We're going to bang them both out in the same one here. Uh, we will start, well, no, because I'm saying both. So we're not starting. We're doing both. Uh, Chase Claypool goes to the Bears. He had a sad Instagram post about himself leaving, but the Bears receive Chase Claypool, and the Steelers get next year's second-round pick. And then out of nowhere, at least from, from my perspective, uh, Calvin Ridley has gone to the Jaguars when he is able to play next year, and the uh, Falcons receive next year's fifth-round pick and 2024 fourth round pick. I will say this bears trade. I think it's helpful for Justin Fields. I mean, Claypool, I've always thought is a little overrated after his first year. He's a good kind of a 50, 50 ball. And at least maybe Darnell Mooney doesn't have to feel like, you know, he's got to be, you know, Jerry Rice out there. So maybe, maybe it'll help them. I think the bears are still going to struggle. Uh, so I don't really, that one doesn't move much of a needle. The Jags with Calvin Ridley only having to give up a fifth round pick and a fourth round pick. This is unbelievable. I recognize the kid is out for a year, but this guy's good. I mean, we're talking people consider him a top 10 wide receiver in football, or at least on track to be as such. So great move by the Jags who completely overpaid and thought that Christian Kirk was supposed to be, you know, their number one guy. Great move by the Jags showing that they have some sort of faith in Lawrence moving forward. So uh, I, I like that. I like Calvin Ridley to the Jags. Um, monstrous dub on that part, in my opinion. Uh, Justin? Yeah, the Calvin Ridley trade's interesting. I, you, you mentioned the fifth-round pick, but once again, an NFL trade with rules unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, if Calvin Ridley plays next season, it becomes a fourth-round pick. That's right, that's right. If he that's reaches right. a certain level of yardage and expectations, it becomes a third-round pick. And if he signs an extension, it becomes a second-round pick. I actually did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a wild, wild deal of, of a trade for picks. Um, I've never seen anything quite like it. Um, and the Jags are just like, yeah, we don't care. We'll just. Uh... <laughs> I mean, if he's if he's as good as he should be, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't care either. I'd yeah. give a second rounder for Calvin Ridley if he's still playing at his prime. No problem. Um, 
But overall, I mean, yeah, that trade's a big win for the Jags. Definitely shows that, you know, they're kicking a tiny bit the next year. But honestly, I feel like any team in the league would have taken that trade. I think the Jags were just the only ones that were smart enough to ask. Um, hey, you um, know that guy that's like still technically on your roster? <laughs> you, you know that guy that, fun fact, bet against the Jaguars for the Falcons to win that game? He literally, he literally just went to the team that he bet against. <laughs> To play. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah so great trade there claypool i don't think he's worth a second rounder um i think what the jags um what the bears were looking for is a tall lanky wide receiver who can win some jump balls um darnell booty is obviously not that um uh, so you know having a big guy in there helps but chase claypool is not worth a second rounder the guy can't route run to save his life um, and doesn't have great speed either. Uh, and his TikTok game is weak. Um, so, you know, between all of those, it's like, I, I'm not in love with giving up a second for Chase Claypool. I think it's an amazing move for the Steelers, um, which have always kind of had a crowded wide receiver backfield. Um, so I think they kind of set up their leveling a bit more and have also set themselves up if they want to draft another wide receiver next year or help try to get more trade market to trade up for a quarterback. Um, so, you know, they have a couple different options there. Um, but overall, win for the Steelers, Bears, I understand the move, but a bit of an overspend to try to get a guy now. It's almost as if they're trying to compete um, this season, which doesn't surprise me considering they're in an okay spot, but uh, they're just not they're just not ready to compete. There's no way that that is going to be a move that's good enough to get them into a playoff spot. Kevin, just, just before I get my take, I just want to talk about the 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 amorality of what Calvin Ridley got suspended for. I mean, gambling it's unacceptable. It has no place in our country, and we're having the spreads at the end of the segment, right? We're having the spreads at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Anyway, um, no. <laughs> Um, look, I, I think for the Jags, it makes total sense. I, I agree with you, Justin. It feels like it came from just like, sometimes you just got to go up to the girl and just ask her out. And they just had the guts to just go up to the Falcons and, Hey, can we ask for your wide receiver? And we'll give you conditional terms. If, uh, X, Y, and Z happen. I think it's a brilliant move. It's a brilliant move for the Falcons. He doesn't age up with their core. He's 27. He's going to be a free agent in a year or two makes total sense. The Bears trade now, Claypool helps them, even with, you know, some of the route running deficiencies and such. However, it's not that much of a difference maker where I feel like they traded it from a position of weakness, this trade. They had no wide receivers besides Darno Mooney. And yes, I think Claypool can help them, but they still have massive problems, I think, with their offensive line. I, for me... Yes, I, I feel like Fields hasn't been a franchise QB, but I feel like I can't even evaluate him based off of how deficient the O-line's been. So, again, it helps, but I still don't really think it solves the heart of the problem in Chicago. And look, if you're a Steelers fan, um, I think you should still be happy that, like, hey, your front office is making moves, and they know what their strengths are. And the strengths of the Steelers' front office, I think, for much of the time that I've been watching football is they can draft wide receiver – very, very well. They're consistently one of the best teams drafting wide receiver. So just know that like, if you, even though you're trading Claypool, there's a good chance with that second that you could either find another wide receiver who's as good, if not better, 
Or you could get O line help because that's really what they need right now. They got Deontay Johnson. They got George Pickens, who I think can develop into either a solid two or one. But they really need that O line help. That O line has been just butchered from retirements, people leaving in free agency. They need O line help ASAP. You'll never be able to evaluate Kenny Pickens properly or Kenny Pickett properly if you don't have a good O line. You need it. Man, I love Roquan, and I really don't like the Ravens. So this is this is sad for me to watch, I got to say. Um, but congratulations to the Ravens, man. I mean, what what a trade. He is a top three linebacker in football. Uh, they gave away A.J. Klein, as well as next year's second-round pick, and a 2023 fifth-round pick. So I suppose that was good for the Bears. They're kind of looking you know, a little bit towards the future, but then their contradictory thing with what Justin was talking about, they got Claypool. So I'm not really sure what the Bears are doing. Uh, but man, Ravens getting Roquan, going to be the new, probably captain of the defense. I mean, uh, Ravens are, they're trying to push to win that division. And I respect it. Uh, so good for them. I love Roquan. Kid's a dog in all facets. So can't even, can't even pretend like the Ravens didn't do well here. Uh, Justin. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing we're learning here is that the Ravens are beginning to kind of dog away from Patrick Queen at this point. Mm. Um, definitely has had a huge decline in play this year. Um, so definitely seems like, like you said, Roquan's the big dog on campus now. A second and a five, pretty good deal all in all, I think. Um, he's definitely probably worth more than that, considering how much Cleo Mack was traded for this past offseason. Um, that's pretty crazy. I'm, and Roquan said he was surprised that he was traded. But wasn't this the same guy who in the preseason asked to be traded? I'm like, yeah, he agreed to stick it out and like do the thing. But like, are you not surprised that a team that knew that you were probably not coming back decided to trade you? I don't know what's surprising about that. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's like he asked for, he's like, oh, I have a package that's coming. I'd love it to come now, and it gets delayed, and he just lets the package sit there. The package is going to eventually come. Like, oh, get a, like, dude, come on. You asked for it. You got what you wanted, and you got to go to a team that's, eh, I, I want to say playoff bound, but honestly, I'm a bit concerned about the Ravens at this point. Um, that is in the consideration for playoffs more than the Bears. Um, so it's like, you got what you wanted, but I'm sure you feel a bit gut punched that you were only worth a second and a fifth and AJ and AJ Terrell. I mean, not AJ Terrell, AJ Klein. Honestly, <laughs> what a deal. Not going to yeah. lie. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Kev. Um, I, I don't know. Is he, is he implying that there was maybe treachery, like that they, that they made up and then it was like, Hey, like, hey bro, we were cool. I thought we were cool. No, he, I mean, do you think do you think it was kind of like a situation like the end of Godfather, where like Michael Corleone's talking to Carlo, and he's just like, "Hey, man, like we're all fine here. You, you just go on a flight out to Vegas. Just don't interact with the family anymore." And then Clemenza's is just in the back of the car. He says, "Hi, Carlo," and then he kills him with a Surratt piano wire. Just kills it, like chokes him out of the neck. But like, I don't know. Sorry, that's that's movie reference, but. um no, I mean, I think it's a win for the Ravens. Um, a lot of their defense is actually like older talent. Like they have like Jason Pierre-Paul that, you know, they have like Clayus Campbell on the line. They have a guy now who's a pass rusher on uh, at linebacker who is like only like 25. So 
if some of their veterans retire or leave for agency, whatever, or who knows what happens with Lamar, if he leaves, I'm not going to say they're totally shielded, but they're somewhat shielded and that they have some young talent on what has kind of been a very heavy veteran team last year or two. Like, yes, they draft well, but a lot of what they do is also like savvy veteran acquisitions. So I think it's a win. The Bears, I'm not entirely sure what they're doing. Um, Maybe they feel like they can up the offense while neglecting their defense. But I, I wonder at this point if just if Justin Fields is just too far gone in terms of like what they can do to help him. And if there just needs to be a cutting of the cord or just a total rebuild. Um, because that kind of feels like where it should be headed. Oh, bless you, Marsh. Um, but I don't know at this point. I, I think only the Bears front office should ha- should know what their plan is, but I can't tell you what it is right now, long term. What an adorable sneeze. Uh, beautiful. Uh, we will... <laughs> We're going to continue the show. We're going to do our rapid fire predictions for college football and the NFL. We're going to bang it out. And Marshall will be involved in this. So that's pretty exciting. Um, We'll begin with Justin providing us with the records for college football uh, among our panel. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We were uh, pretty trash this past week. Uh, (laughs) Andrew and Marshall uh, won this past week with a tie, both going five and five. Yikes. Uh, Yikes. Me and Kev both went four and six. And no surprise to the world, Sam came in last, going three (laughs) and seven. Hey, he can't Uh, defend himself, bro. Leave him be. Leave him be. uh, (laughs) I don't want him to be able to defend himself. (laughs) There's been there's deleted clips of us blowing this man up, man. I'll comfort his whole soul if I want to. Uh but uh, overall, uh, Andrew White, very clear lead at 68% correct, um, followed by Kev at 60% correct. Uh, I'm at 58%. Marshall's at 56%. And Sam is at 36% correct. Oh, uh, he, he thought he was going to jump the line, <laughs> unfortunately. Sam. Uh, yeah, he just dropped the line on either of them. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> the foreshadowing. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, okay, uh, rapid fire. Tomorrow, 23rd ranked Oregon State versus Washington. Uh, keep in mind, first time Oregon State has been in the college football playoff ranking, period. I got Washington winning this one, though. Uh, Justin. Washington. Uh, Kevin. Look at Washington, too. Marshall. I'll go Oregon State. Nice. 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 Okay. Perhaps the game of the week, perhaps the game of the decade, uh, Tennessee at UGA. I've been mulling this one over for a long time. I don't know the answer, so I'm just going to pick one. I am going to say that Georgia will win this game. However, I will uh, probably have constipation uh, as well as not eat well on Saturday afternoon for those that are curious. I will say the loss of Nolan Smith mm-hmm. is actually a major deficit for Georgia, and this could be a disaster. They're, my only hope is that this is a home game, and their defense might be able to rattle the, the Tennessee offense. That's my only hope. All right, I talked too much. Sorry. Georgia, Justin. As uh, Marshall said, I'll take the dogs. Uh, slightly different meaning, though. I'm taking the UGA Bulldog, and it won't be close. UGA is going to win. It's going to be a solid win. Well, I hope. Uh, we uh, Kevin. Uh, newspaper headline, Brock 
Bowers bashes Tennessee. I'm going to go Georgia all the way. Oh, God, Marshall doesn't want to say it. Marshall, what is it? Well, like Justin said that I said, go dogs. Respect oh, yeah. Tennessee, but go dogs. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see uh, if I'm on well next week. Uh, okay. Because, by the way, uh, if Georgia loses, I'm pretty sure they're automatically out of the playoffs because they won't be in the SEC championship. So they're probably screwed. Anyway. Damn homers. Um, <laughs> hey, don't worry. LSU is going to beat Alabama. It's just going to be LSU versus Tennessee in the championship right. anyway. <laughs> right, right. Um, OK State at Kansas. Um, I'm going OK State. Justin. OK State. Kevin. I'm going to go OK State. Marshall. Also going OK State. Syracuse at Pitt. Can't lie. I have not been giving Syracuse credit. I will now. Syracuse. Justin. Ah, oh, screw that. Pitt. <laughs> Kevin. Cuse. Uh, Marshall. Pitt. UCF ranked 25 at Memphis. Not ranked. Uh, I got UCF taking the away dub here. Justin. National champs, baby. Give me UCF. <laughs> Kevin. UCF. Daniel Tosh's alma mater. Let's go. Marshall. Oh, that's true. Marshall. Keep it rolling, UCF. Alabama at LSU, six versus 10 somehow. I got Alabama by 27. Uh, Justin. Oh, my boss would be happy if LSU won, but it, it's going to be Bama. Kevin, bless you. I, I got Bama. I really don't want Brian Kelly to pull like a Hillary Clinton and do like a fake Southern accent. I just like don't want to see that. Pokemon, uh, go to the polls, baby. It's election uh, day next week. Let's go. Jesus. <laughs> oh, we are. Oh, man. Marshall. Uh, I think Saban will have an aneurysm if you lose this game. We're going Alabama. Uh, Texas at Kansas State, uh, 24 versus 13. This is going to be a tight game. Seriously, Kansas State has proven me wrong a lot, uh, but I do have Texas in this game, winning the away dub. Uh, Justin. Texas. Kevin. I'm going to go with Texas here. Marshall. Also of Texas. Clemson at Notre Dame. Justin got Notre Dame correct last week. I will give you that. Uh, this is going to be hard for Clemson. A true, true test. I genuinely believe it. But I, I think they're going to squeak one out. So, Clemson. Uh, Justin. Uh, Clemson always sucks at no- when they have to play Notre Dame. That's true. Notre Dame to win again. That's fair. Uh, Kevin. I'm going Clemson because I already predicted the, no- the ESPN segments in the future. So, I have to go Clemson. Marshall. Also Clemson. All right. Uh, finally, Wake Forest at NC State, 21 versus 22. I think Wake Forest is actually quite good. Wake Forest for me. Away again. Justin. NC State. Kevin. I'm going to go NC State at home. And Marsha Tron. Going NC State. Okay. Now, again, rapid fire. We will go with the NFL. Currently, uh, it is 7-7, seven to seven, Eagles versus Texans. We want to make a first quarter prediction. I will still pick the Eagles, Justin. Ooh. Yeah, everyone had a pretty good week last week uh, as a whole. Um, Kev went 11 and 3 last week. Wow. Good for you, Kev. Whoa. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Me and Marsh both went uh, 10 and 4. Um, it's a good week for us. Uh, nice. Andrew went 8 and 6. Yeah. Um, okay. And right. Sam uh, went 7 and 7. So <laughs> broke even. Nice. You know what happens if yeah. you break even? He doesn't go over the Mendoza line. He's still below 50%. Um, but right now, Marshall has the best percent lead. He's a 63% correct. I'm a 62%. Whitey, you're a 58%. Kev's a 57%. And Sam is a 49%. Oh, the poor guy. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, give me Philly by a trillion. All right, Kevin. 
I got silly, but it's a tie game right now. Uh, he's still got a trillion. They're, they're a second quarter team. They've outscored their opponents by about 90 points, I think, in the second quarter of this season. Ooh. The second, the first quarter just said they're about to score 21 points in this quarter. Watch. A little Rocky Balboa. They come on late in the game. Um, good one. Uh, Marshall. I'll, I'll, I'll roll with the consensus here. All right. Um, sorry. Lost my place. Hang on. Hang on. Bro, we're only at Thursday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, I clicked into the game by mistake. Oh. Okay. Um, Chargers, Falcons. Uh, I got the Chargers. Justin. Chargers. Kevin. Going Falcons at home. Marshall. Chargers. Uh, Dolphins, Bears. I got Dolphins away again. Justin. Dolphins. Kevin. Going Dolphins. This is my safety of the week. Bradley Chubb gets a safety first game as a Dolphin. Um, Marshall. Oh, I mean, now I have to go the Dolphins. <laughs> um, Panthers, Bengals, Bengals. Justin. Bengals. Kevin. Bengals. Marshall. I'm going goals. <laughs> Packers, Lions. Both teams stink, in my opinion. Packers. Justin. Detroit figures it out. Nice, Kevin. Packers? Question mark? Marshall. We're going Detroit here. Colts, Patriots. I mean, the Pats here, they're rolling a little. Justin. New England by like a literal trillion. This might be another <laughs> shutout. Uh, this time he's, he's serious. He's serious. Kevin. I'm going to go Patriots by like two touchdowns. I think Stevenson has a massive game. Marshall. Got to go New England here. Bills, Jets. Bills, Naheem Hines, touchdown. Justin. Bills by a million. Like I said, Naheem Hines, 10 catches this week. Kevin. Bills by like three touchdowns. Fun's over, Jets fans. Marshall. Bills, I should be at this game. However, it is nearing sellout, and I do not have a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) I I will be at this game, though. Well, if it makes you feel – hey – I'll, I'll be working like five minutes away from there. But I, 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 I'm thinking about, do I, do I leave early to like beat the traffic on the way home? Or do I just wait until like seven o'clock at night? I don't, I'm not sure. You no, know, to... you wait. And then you go to the tailgate afterwards. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, Vikings commanders. Uh, I think the Vikings are going to win again, actually. Justin. Minnesota. Uh, Kevin. Uh, I'm going to go Minnesota Vikings here. Marshall. Going Vikes. Raiders, Jaguars. Man, I, do I pick away again? No, Jags this time. Justin. Yeah, this one is the toughest game of the week, I think, in my yes. opinion. Um, I'm going to take Vegas, though. Kevin. <sighs> Jesus. Um, I'm going to go Raiders here, too, I think. I'm gonna, probably by like a field goal or something crazy like that. Marshall. Also a very tough game. I'm going to go with the Jags at home. Seahawks cards. I think this one's pretty tough as well. Uh, I, I The cards screwed me last week, but I'm going again. Cards. Justin. You're on the right side of history this time. It's going to be Arizona. <laughs> All righty. Uh, thank you, Mr. Psychic. Uh, Kevin. Uh, I just saw him play, so I'm biased, but I'm going to go to the Seahawks. Marshall. Typical bounce back game going Arizona here. Rams, Bucks. Rams, and I think by quite a bit. Justin. Tampa Bay wins in the battle of the mediocre NFC team. Kevin. 
I'm going to go uh, Tampa Bay here, too. Marshall. Hashtag believe in Tom. Tampa Bay in this one. Nice guy. Uh, Titans, Chiefs. Chiefs by a lot. Uh, how, how are the Titans for it, too? It's actually, like, alarming. Uh, Justin. Who let the Titans into this game, first of all? Are they even going to be allowed in the building? Are they allowed to play in prime time? I'm not sure. Um, give me the Chiefs, though. Maybe Kadarius Tony actually plays this week and scores a touchdown. Who knows? Kevin. I'm going to go Chiefs here, too, man. Uh, Marshall. Going Chiefs here. Ravens at Saints Monday night football. Roquan Smith gets a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Ravens win. Justin. Andy Dalton in prime time. The red rifle <laughs> losing to Raquan Smith. Likely. Give me Baltimore. Uh, Kevin. Yeah, I got B more too. Marshall. Give me Baltimore. Charm City, baby. <laughs> well, fellas, thank you for your time. It was a pleasure. It's been Q Hot Takes. My name is Andrew White. I've been alongside Justin Ellis, K Slats, Kevin Slattery, and Andrew Marshall. I'm glad he found himself on his phone. Glad to have you back. Go dogs this weekend, boys. I'm really saying it this time. Go dogs. I mean it. I'm very excited, but also nervous. It's a great day to be alive still. Sweet dreams. Good night. Go Eagles. Go Birds. Go Union. Um, next time we do a show, I'll be really happy or really freaking depressed. Same. Probably still both. Uh, so we'll, there'll be some vibes next week. Next week will be a vibe. It'll be a good vibe or a bad vibe. Let's find out. Yeah, no, um, go Giants, go Knicks. Super excited about, you know, the season's underway. Go Matt Ryan, the Lakers won. Not the Indianapolis Colts won, but I feel bad for him too. Go Bills, please don't lose to Zach Wilson. I'll be sad. All right, sweet cheers.